Welcome back to the Coach's Corner with your host Ryan Watson and Jonathan Boren, brought to you by Broadway Sports Media. Find all of our great content at broadwaysportsmedia.com. We're starting the season back up. We are definitely excited to be here. Titans football is just around the corner. Training camp is among us. Uh, Make sure that you stick around for the entire episode. We have a pretty exciting announcement. I'm pretty jacked up about it. I know, Jonathan, you are as well. You've been working on something big for our show, possibly big for Broadway in the future as well. We'll get to that at the very end of the show. Just give you a little tease there. Uh, but before we get into any of the content, Jonathan, it's been a minute. How have you been? Where you where, where have you been? Where have we been? What's been going on with you? Man, it has been a very hot summer, just now getting into August. But, uh, you know, been... Uh, just kind of hanging out with the family. Uh, you know, whenever you are uh, grinding, uh, you know, sixteen hours a day, kind of thing. Every now and then, you need to disconnect a little bit and uh, spend some quality time, especially with uh, with the young kids. So it's been a, a nice little break to try and enjoy some of the summer, and especially as we're all coming out of our caves out of COVID oh, over the goodness, last couple yeah. months. So it's nice to get out and actually see some people, socialize a little bit. Hopefully, we're not regressing and sliding backwards, but um, yeah. it, it's been fun to get somewhat back to normal. Yeah, it has been, and that's and that's kind of the other thing too is that this this show is really. We're, we're about coaching decisions where we talk about coaching things a lot of what doesn't happen during the summers and during the off season coaching things so kind of been on a little break there just because i felt like we we're going to be sitting on a show twiddling our thumbs saying hi so sorry if you missed us that's where we've been hopefully you and yours is safe out there we've got this new delta variant kicking up apparently wreaking havoc uh nfl did report today that or yesterday, that ninety uh, percent of all NFL players are now vaccinated or going through the vaccination. So maybe that's a positive start. Uh, Vikings seem to be the low man at sixty-seven and a half percent vaccinated as of yesterday. So hopefully those numbers, maybe you know, it's the Vikings. Maybe they don't. Who knows? Maybe they'll be the ones because there's that new thing out there, and we talked about it last year on the show. Is how when do these forfeits start to come in for a team that's just decimated and can't perform? Now the NFL has said in their rules, if that situation comes up again, we're not rescheduling. We're not trying to move stuff around. It is what it is. You'll take the forfeit. If you're the team that had the, the if you had it, you get the loss. My one question for you on that, Jonathan, is what if both teams at the same time are going through a pandemic? With it being 90%, maybe we won't ever see that. But just a scenario, what if both teams had a uh, just a ravage through the locker room and neither one of them could play in the same week against each other? I think the NFL would just say, uh, screw you. <laughs> Losses to no, both. Specifically you for asking the question. <laughs> well, hey, that, that's just my brain. I work through all the, the scenarios and everything like that. So uh, hopefully nothing like that happens. Hopefully no team has to deal with that or any kind of asterisks at the end of the season. I know how passionate fans can be when they want to hold on to certain things like that. Oh, you're only in the playoffs because we had to forfeit that one. If, you know, so hopefully nothing like that comes up. And especially Colts fans that tune in every week. I hope you're not looking for any asterisks this season either. Um, but we are at the preseason. And like I said, the Colts are dealing with their own stuff. Not to not to beat a dead horse there. Pause for laughter. Okay. So I think you got a laugh track you can go to <laughs> if you'd like. I could have. Um so not 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 that the Colts are are struggling there or this is a Colts show or anything like this, but they definitely are starting off on the wrong foot. 
I really need to find that laugh track. Uh, but what? Let's let's focus on the Titans. The preseason is going on. Training camp just started. Uh, what are your predictions for this preseason? What are you looking forward to? Man, I think for this preseason, this is a team. You know, you talk about this team has been rebuilding, rebuilding, and you know, we really saw over the last couple of years where they have really it's really come to fruition. I think this this preseason, yes, you have some rookies you want to see get in there, but the number one thing, number one thing that I want to see from this team is no injuries. Get get into the yep. season. It's a long grind, and look, they may not come out firing on all cylinders in week one, but now that it's a seventeen game season, I don't think that that is nearly as important. You got a little bit of an extra um you know margin for error where you can kind of get into that groove during the season everybody's excited about the the weapons that they have on offense losing one of those guys would be very very um bubble bursting you know and so i think in that situation come out one thing i am looking forward to seeing in the preseason is to actually see does the scheme change much you've got you know julio you've got um you got A.J. Brown, Derrick Henry, everybody's talking about that. But then you got Josh Reynolds and you got Anthony Ferkser. And Ferkser is the real question there. Not not a question in the sense of, is he going to be able to do well? I think he actually will. It's more of, he's not an inline blocker. No, He's not a guy that you're going to play in tons of different positions. So are they going to spread things out a little bit more? So I'm intrigued. And I, I, they're not going to show their hand a ton in the preseason. But I do want to see... What is Todd Downing going to do to put his stamp on this offense a little more? Yeah, and, and here's my question about that. That's very interesting, but are they actually going to show anything too exotic during the preseason? Because typically you go pretty vanilla, but it, but one thing they do go is they, they do go base. You know, you do see at least the very basics out there. So are they going to see in basics more of a of a spread look, which I have argued for years that Derrick Henry can run in a spread look, and it's actually maybe more beneficial to him. We've talked about before, the dude's a monster, right? He, he's got more yards after contact than, you know, 80% of the running backs out there have total. And But the thing is, is that he is not the quickest side to side. He's not bad. And I'm not trying to disparage the Titans running back. He's very very good, very, very fast, and he's very, very big. He does a lot of things well. But if you give him more room to operate, that's not a bad thing. From an offensive line and a coaching perspective, too, you can also, if you spread them out, you can sometimes isolate things, and you can get reads and tells on a defense, which can help your blocking scheme know where everything's coming from. You bring people in, you run the risk of, of some stunts and some some twists that are easier to disguise at that point in time. So I'm actually interested along those lines to see if they spread out as well. You know, uh, so but we'll see if we actually see that when it comes time for it, because typically offenses and defense can be pretty straight up vanilla. You don't get a whole lot of scheme, but they've got for the first time, I think that since you and I've been covering them, they've got the horses to, to run this. And even with Josh Reynolds, you were hoping when they signed him, I hope that's not, not their number two. Well, he's not. <laughs> One injury, he might be, but that that right now the plan is he's their number three type situation. And then you've got Ferkser, as you mentioned, who's not an inline tight end that could be also. So you could be a three, four, you could be a, a three wide with Ferkser or a three wide with Reynolds. That's a completely different look and a completely different play set you've got. Well, and I think also you, you look at what has kind of taken over the NFL over the last couple of years and especially on the Titans and how they use it is, is the use of motion, right? And you look at what this Titans offense has been, even with their wide receivers previously, you look at a guy like Adam Humphreys, you look at a guy like Cam Batson, um, Corey Davis, they moved around a little bit, but those guys, 
you kind of knew where they were going to line up whenever they were in the formation. So it kind of was a little bit of a tell. You may motion them a little bit. Adam Humphrey's still going to line up in the slot. You may do some creative things with him, but you're limited. With the three wide receivers they have, the the biggest tell they have right now is Anthony Ferkser. Right. I mean, and you can isolate him out if you want, but he's he's the most pigeonholed guy that's going to be trotted out there. You can have a lot of fun with your Reynolds, Julio Jones, and AJ Browns that can play all different receiver positions and put those defenses in a bind based on your use of motion. So I'm really excited to see that and the versatility that they're able to deploy. Yeah, and I think that. Um... I've, I've heard also that Blasting Game reported heavier. Oh, yeah, he did. And Blasting Game <laughs> is definitely one of those guys that, look, he, he's a fullback, but he, he's not your old school fullback in, no. the, in the sense. As Will he's Compton, an H-back. Yeah, as he's, Will Compton he, yeah. can attest, he can go posterize somebody if yes, he needs to. Yes, and so that makes – he's always been one of my favorite cogs in the offense, so I'm excited to see him get an expanded role. I'm not saying he will, but it, I don't think it would be a bad thing because he's a very good, very, very good blocker. I think he's very above average and, and, and underappreciated. But as you just pointed out, I think he's also underappreciated what he can do in the pass game too. So I wouldn't be – a too upset if they played him a little more in line that H back that can motion around and do some of that stuff. And you can still have your three receivers out wide to give you lots of act, uh, options out there. And as I alluded to before, Derrick Henry probably could eat in that type of an offense. And I'm excited to see if they use that. Not to mention your Pro Bowl left tackle coming back healthy and ready to go. And a second round pick that you're putting at right tackle. He right. may not start, but you, I mean, I'm expecting he's probably stepping in at some point in the season. Yeah. But you look, you spend a second round pick. I kind of feel you better. I mean, yeah, well, they're, they're good enough players to contribute right there, especially after wasting on a first round. Not to get too much into the dark habits there, but exactly. And and I think that we talked about that on draft night too. Is that uh, you? You were wanting speed. You were wanting receiver at that point in time. We felt like there was a couple other names at tackle that could have had a little later on. But if you're going to spend a second round, you went and got your guy. You you did the scouting, and I, I watched the tape too on Raidens and. I'm telling you right now, I liked what I saw. I know that he was off. I think they had one game in 2020 with the COVID shorted season, so you had to go back and scout 2019. So you had to take it with a a grain of salt. What you saw in 2019 is not the product or the kid that you're going to see suit up this preseason because he spent most of last year working out and working on his game and tech technique. Uh, Justin Mello had an interview with, with I believe, one of his coaches that talked about that, how he talked about his coaches wanted to be a, an effing animal on the yeah, field. He did only have the one game, but he played significantly more snaps than yep. your first round pick last year. So. Oh, that's a good, that's a very good point. So, But I, I'm saying what I saw on film will translate to this Titans offense. He is going to be a great zone tackle, and I think that his pass pro was actually pretty dang good. So I think he'll translate well. You may see Lamb start off at first, but maybe that was the insurance policy and that's what they got him. And why do we want to keep the starter from last year that we can probably replace with the second round that's cheaper and maybe a little better at some point? He's got to get there. I think my point here is, and we, and anyone who's listened to us before knows my feelings on the interior offensive line. It's one, I think, one of the best in the NFL uh, from guard to guard between Saffold Jones and, and Nate Davis. And I'm a Nate Davis stan, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I, I think you're 100% correct there. So uh, I think there's a lot to be excited about on offense. On defense, I've been saying it all offseason. If that defense last year is just bad, then they're probably in the Super Bowl, if not winning it. Instead, they were historically bad. Right. Look, there's not a whole lot of room to go down. So, yes, I think they will improve. How good will they be? They have a very, very young and potentially great secondary. There's a lot to be proven there. 
Right. Let's talk about that for a second because Mike Miracles, at Mike Miracles on Twitter, has been at the training camps. He's gotten the field pass, um, kind of jealous about that. He's able to see some stuff, uh, see some stuff firsthand. They've had a couple of uh, Twitter, uh, what do you call it? Twitter I'm spaces. Twitter spaces. Thank you. Yeah, I'm, I'm old. I'm sorry. I'm old. Uh, Twitter spaces where they were able to talk, ask questions, talk about what he saw in the camp. And a couple of the, the buzz has been around some of these young corners and some of the hits they're making. Uh, Farley's been back out there. Caleb, not the other Farley, uh, has been back out there and has been just, you can tell a difference. I think someone said today in that space that seeing Farley amongst the other corners is like looking at Derrick Henry amongst the other running backs. So that's a physical presence. You already know he's fast. And, and all the pundits said it. We said it. If he's healthy – that's the steal of the draft at that, at that point. And now John Robinson looks like even more of a genius. You, you went from maybe he may be in the hot seat a little bit to like, dang it, this works out. Then he's clearly. Oh, I, st- he, I still stand by because, I mean, results sure. results are what they are. I never said that Robinson or Vrabel are on the hot seat. What I've been saying is that they're not as far away sure. depending on how some of these moves play out. Because, you look, you're you're kind of at this tipping point. You're, you're hoping to keep stepping forward, not backwards. So I think whenever you look at that secondary, though, look, Farley is a guy who, um, if he's not successful, it's not going to be because he's physically incapable. of. I mean, you look at uh, Malcolm Butler. Malcolm Butler is a guy who performed beyond what his athleticism should, have, should really tell you he's going to be. Farley's going to, if he's not successful— it's going to be a disappointment based on the athletic capability. He can just do more than other people. We say, you know, everybody, oh, these, we're all equal kind of thing. Now, Caleb Farley is a freak of nature, yeah. and sorry, he just is. He's, he's just born better when it comes to that. And <laughs> it, the, whether or not he can maximize that potential, that's that's what remains to be seen. But it does really open up what you're capable of doing there. And so you think of this young talent that maybe have a little more energy, and then, of course, uh, Jackrabbit um, – don't call him Janoris. Jackrabbit is out there as well with some experience at the corner position. Um, how does that entail? You're you're a, you're a secondary guy. Uh, how valuable is that? And what do you what are your expectations from Janoris? I just did it from Jackrabbit uh, with these younger guys, and maybe how much it can relieve some pressure on Byard who needs a rebound. And in the other safety positions. Yeah, I think obviously there are some coaching decisions that I didn't agree with last year and how physical that they would be at the point of attack. Um, I think Janoris is a guy that has never shied away from being physical. So I really like the way he plays the game. Obviously, we we say that in coaching, you know, father time is undefeated. At some point that is going to catch up to him. So, you know, where does he fit? He's probably going to start the season on the outside. I wouldn't be shocked. We talk about wide receivers moving inside as the athleticism goes. I think Janoris is a guy that could potentially move inside in those situations. He is a relatively big-bodied corner, and he's not afraid of getting physical. So, But I do think he's saying the right things of, of handing off, teaching the young guys. He has the right approach to it. But having that mixed in with a Christian Fulton who kind of had a wash of a, of a rookie season, Caleb Farley who's going to be there, I think you have talent that is there. How quickly do you develop it and having an extra coach on the field? And look, Bayer, just like any safety – they're better when they have better players around them. Yeah. So we'll, I, I'm I'm actually really curious to see how quickly Farley is able to get up to speed because if he can start, then that's a win. It's yeah. a huge win. Jack Rabbit and him on the outsides, and then whatever works out between Fulton, 
Molden, however he fits into this defense. Uh, the point is they went out and got bodies. Yeah. And so, I mean, you also look, we talked about versatility and motion that you can, you can line people up on offense on, on the Titans. Well, what they have right now is three guys that can move around because mm-hmm. they're all willing to be physical. They're all willing to come up and attack. I like to Dory Jackson. He's willing to be physical, but his body just couldn't take it. And I, he, you know, I'm not going to get into that, but yeah. Look, you go up against the Chiefs. <laughs> We've talked about get, football as a game of matchups. They match up well against the Ravens. Yes, they lost to them. Defense did their job in that game. Yes. You think you really saw the matchups come to fruition there. How do you match up against some of these passing teams? We saw it in the Chiefs game in the AFC Championship two years ago. We saw the Browns light them up. The Steelers light them up. How do you match up against those guys? Now, you have the versatility with three corners that can play any of those positions that you can really play match up secondary play because they're not going to get those matchups and get favorable matchups by just motioning guys around. Yeah. And so a lot of options there, what I'm hearing, and maybe some of those options can alleviate some of the pressure on your Armani hookers, your uh, Kevin Byards and, and, and allow them to be the players that they are. Uh, Going back into the defensive line, though, with the the addition of Autry next to Simmons is something that I'm excited to see from an interior standpoint. And then whenever Bud Dupree can get off of the, the pup list and, and contribute, which I'm expecting, looking at some of those, I mean, I mean, I've looked a little bit. I think he's expected at some time during the season early on, possibly. I just hope he's ready to come back because if he can be, him, Landry, those two inside, and Tier Tart looks like he's ready to play this offseason as well. Uh, Mike Miracle's darling Tier Tart, he loves that kid, you know. But he he, can't, he he looks the part coming into camp. And from all reports, is that Autry is violent with his hands, and that's that's a good thing because if you have someone Jones, you know, I loved Daquan Jones last year. He was he was almost the perfect complement to someone like Simmons because of the space he could eat up from gap to gap, and he but he you know he could penetrate a little bit, but he wasn't he wasn't going to make a move, he wasn't going to really throw people around, and but you had Simmons who could make some plays, but you have two guys who can throw people around who are violent with their hands and are pretty free movers like Simmons and Ultra could be. That makes it easier on everybody, and maybe just maybe that'll make it easier for my biggest concern of the defense still, which is the middle linebacker and Rashad Evans. Yeah, I mean, Rashawn Evans, I think at this point, he is what he is. He, he's going to be uh, a mercurial linebacker. He's going to make some plays. And a lot of people say, well, he's one of the best goal line defend, goal line linebackers out there. I agree with that statement. He is. Problem is, they're at the goal line so much because of the rest of the play for, from him. So ultimately, he has got to improve. And again, putting some, some more guys in front of him that can really make plays, open it up for him and let him fly around that you're hoping that's going to play mm-hmm. and improve it. But if it's not, you can win with Rashawn Evans being uh, yeah, your I, worst so. player on the defense. You can win with that. It's not typical you say you want your middle linebacker to be your – not that you want, that your middle linebacker on a successful defense is your worst player. But with the pieces that are around, I see what you're saying. And let's not let's not skirt the fact here this man over here across me just said mercurial. Yeah, I can't even pronounce that word. I, I mean, I got to flex the vocabulary sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Sir, this is a coaching football show, all right? I'm going to need you to rein it in just a little bit with your mercury and fish talk. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so, but again – Jan Brown's coming back, signed the team friendly deal to come back for the one year. He was he looked good before the injury last year. So and, and I'm forgetting some guys too. But but my point is is they've got pieces to, like you said, be a competent defense. And if they're just competent, who knows what happens? Because I think they actually 
Some people say they didn't. I think they greatly improved on offense, and I don't think you had to do much. Now it's a question of – I know we're going back to offense here, but it's a question of Tannehill. People are concerned. I've, I saw some idiot out there say that he, he may be dealing with some post-shot stuff and, you know – he's missing throws or he's done some interceptions camp is the time where you try some things. You're going a little over aggressive. I'm not concerned about it until the lights come on. My concern about Daniel is, is like we have talked about in the, in the past is that when things aren't going well and the, the, the game sits squarely on his shoulders, can he make the play? And that hasn't always been, I, I'm not in those rooms. Was that the game plan going in? Was that just, he's not capable, but I don't believe that because I watch him on a regular game and he's very capable of all the plays that he's asked to do or he would be asked to do in those other situations where not to bring up Mariota but sometimes I had questions just the ghosts he was seeing from the injuries it's just unfortunate what happened I had my doubts about him unless he was in his rare zone he got into when he just was Mariota God where he could just make every play out there and he could run around everybody Tannehill I, I trust in the pocket to make the plays he's got a he's got a laser he's got a cannon he's accurate He's out of the stats. Go look him up. He's top five in so many things. Yeah, he's definitely not quite as mercurial. I, I just. There it is. Congratulations. There you, it is. You, you worked in mercurial twice in one podcast. There's a long applause track. It is. It gets a little I awkward. I, yeah, I, I found the sound, so we may we may incorporate those in as we go through and with our announcement here in a little bit, too. So, but that that's what we're seeing around in um, – in training camp, uh, real quick, season wise, and we'll and we'll get into this more next week. But season wise, uh, with all the, the the news you have with the Colts, the dumpster fire that is the Texans, and greatest fifty three man special team squad ever, ever, and then of course the Jaguars, who I don't feel are much better, but maybe the best of that bunch, especially with all the news out of the Colts camp. As I saw through the day, I think I saw a, a gambling prediction that the Titans were still locked in at, at under over of nine wins, and I think plus six hundred to win the South. That's got to shoot up now, right? I, I I think it's free money to be honest. Yep. I mean, I don't think that even if the Titans' offense takes a step back, it, they're going to have to take a major step back. For I mean, people that d- did not watch the Titans' defense last year do not understand how bad that defense was. So this idea that they are not going to be better on defense, it doesn't even have to be by leaps and bounds. When you're going from 32 even to 20, those are exponential jumps when you're looking at what the Titans' defense really was. So, yeah, I think it doesn't make a ton of sense to me, even with the Colts and what they were doing. Uh, it, it Honestly, I try not, I, I'm trying not to be homerish or anything, but... I have more questions about the ability for the Colts to improve, even if Carson Wentz is there. They they don't, I don't really quite get the hype and it's off season. There's market differences there. You want to, you're going to build more hype by hyping up. Even Indianapolis is a bigger market than what we have here in Nashville. And so I, I, maybe that's it. Vegas is out to win money. They're not out to, uh, they're they're not out to promote the best team, so it it is what it is. Um, but yeah, I don't really get it. Nine wins, I think, would be a major major disappointment for this franchise. I would agree, especially with I would argue is probably their best offense in a while. 
And they're definitely a better defense, at least on paper, than they had last year. So I would agree with you there. We'll get more into our prediction, our further predictions about records and everything next week. We'll save some meat on the bone for next week. I mean, this was just kind of our tea show. We wanted to make an announcement. We wanted to also just kind of reintroduce ourselves in case you forgot who we were. Uh, but Jonathan, you've been working real hard this offseason trying to find a new way for us to bring the show to our fans, maybe come out and meet us live. Now that, like you said, the pandemic is kind of hopefully melting away. Hopefully everyone's being safe with their decisions, but you've worked on something and I'll let you go ahead and announce it since you put the legwork in, uh, in the community about where we possibly could be seen live this season. Yeah, I think uh, a lot of our listeners, you know, we, we typically release on Wednesdays, but starting next week, we'll actually be broadcasting the show live for those of you who are available. We'll be broadcasting from the Wild Hair Beer Company in Spring Hill, Tennessee. So feel free to both join us there uh, or just tune into the live broadcast. So I'm um, really excited. One thing I am also excited about is we'll be introducing a weekly beer review where we can uh, bring some both local flavors, both uh, around the country flavors and uh what's not to love football and beer yep and that's wild hair beer company in spring hill tennessee where our beer tenders are going to take care of us and going to come on talk a little bit about the beer we're going to give our review of it uh i know you're a big ipa guy i like beer as well who doesn't like beer uh we'll get into some more specifics about how they run their company because it's actually a really unique model you don't have to be local to enjoy the beer we're going to talk about so we'll get into all that next week with the owners there uh with the setup and and as we as we build out there we'll have it'll be a little plain at first but we're going to build out some some props and some everything so we can have a real nice show uh if everything goes well we get enough of an audience and interest in it we'll even do some of our halftime shows and maybe some of our uh roundtable shows that we do live from from there as well so real excited about that wanted to come on talk to you about it for a second uh let us know on twitter at ryan on broadway for me at jb on broad for jonathan let us know what you think let us know what your thoughts are let Uh, us know if you were interested in joining us so that's our announcement that's our big tease we had at the beginning of the show that we're going to be live at wild hair beer company so make sure you come out and join us uh this has been the coach's corner part of broadway sports network Remember to be sure to check out all the other podcast articles and video breakdowns that Broadway Sports has to offer at broadwaysportsmedia.com and on Twitter at BroadwayTN and the show at Coaches on Broad. As we stated earlier, hit up Jonathan at JB on Broad and me at Ryan on Broadway and let us know what your thoughts are about the live show and if we'll see you out there next week. Until then, we out. See ya.